Sass on the Street, the show where we talk all things software as a service. In this episode, Simon is talking to Aaron Crawl, the man behind the world's number one SaaS community on Facebook. Hi, LinkedIn and Facebook. Welcome to another SaaS on the Streets. We are live from our New York studios, and today we've got a fantastic show lined up. We're going to talk to the guy who has built the biggest, most successful online community for software as a service people worldwide. It's at 22,000 people and counting. Um, his name's Aaron Crow, and he's going to join me here in the New York studios live from Salt Lake City. How are you? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Good. Good. It's great to see you. Great. Thanks for being on the show. Um, really excited. Uh, you know, one of the things that amazes me is is what's out there when you start looking. And when I started searching for SaaS communities on Facebook, I, first time I'd ever done it was only about six weeks ago. And I thought, what's taking me so long to actually go into Facebook and put that into the search bar? And your group came up immediately as kind of the one to be in just by the sheer volume. Um, so how did that all come about? Uh, well, <clears throat> so uh, six years ago, I didn't even know what SAS was. No clue. Um, I was in a, doing a, I was in a marketing agency. I was doing a, just one-on-one -on -one work for clients, mostly video production and video Facebook ads and uh, for just any client that would want it. And I sold that off because uh, I was frankly tired of solving thousands of different problems for thousands of different people. I was just overwhelmed, couldn't scale. Uh, so I decided, took some, a few months off and decided what market could I serve the best and I had a few mentors at the time, and one of them suggested SaaS, so I looked into it. I couldn't find any really good groups, and uh, he suggested, hey, why don't you start a, a group for SaaS founders? And I was like, cool, I think I could do that. So I started, I you know, went into Facebook, clicked on new group, uh, uploaded some picture, um, and then I, I, found, uh, I found some list online of 10,000 SaaS founders that you could just buy. And it was like, a, I don't even remember how much it was, but I bought this list, right? And then I opened up um, reply.io and I just put in all of their emails and I just started inviting people to the group. I was like, hey, we're, I'm starting a new group. Uh, here's what you're gonna get out of it. It's gonna be really great. Would love to have you join. And I just sent out thousands and thousands of emails uh, and slowly and slowly started growing. Um, and then it started getting where it really started to pick up was when people started to recommend the group in their articles right. and, and recommend the group. And, uh, that's when it really started to blow up. So it's been going for about four years now. We probably add, I don't know, a couple hundred members a, a week to the, to the community. Um, we get 
we we reject a lot of applications. So I think that's part of the right. reason the, the group is so quality is um, we probably reject 50, 60% of applications that come into the group. So we only let in good quality people and um, and yeah, now it's at 22,000 people. 22,000 high quality people. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And you you actually you actually will will kind of like if they put a reference link of a company they've founded or something you someone will go through and check that and um make sure that everything's everything's good. You want me to put that in the chat? Uh what, sorry, put what in the chat? Did you say you want to put a link to the group? Is that what you said? Oh, no, the chat, you can do, yeah. But uh, no, I said when someone, when somebody's applying, um, will they, will you, um, you'll, if they put the, the company that they're from, you'll actually go and check that company out. And, oh, yeah. And, yeah. <clears throat> so we, we actually, so a lot, a lot of people don't have a SaaS yet. So and we yeah. let them in. But we ask three specific questions. And if, first of all, if they don't answer any of the questions or if they answer them with like, sure dude sure dude sure dude for all like three questions or if you know their web address is abrahamlincoln.com or whatever we just like right. i have a, we just we just delete them like sorry man you're out of here so and if you know we have a strict policy anybody who has a picture of like the uh the anonymous in their profile or oh, yeah. uh you know a picture of a ma mask guy we just don't let anybody in like that <laughs> frankly so we have like a unique qualification process but um we don't actually check out every single company but we do if somebody doesn't answer the questions well we just don't even let them in so yeah and uh, why facebook and not linkedin you know um to be honest with you uh linkedin was just i did not like linkedin at the time and uh, I just thought it was really hard to build a really solid community in LinkedIn, and mm -hmm. um, and I just I just picked Facebook because I felt like it was a better community. You could build a better community in Facebook. That's really the only reason. I didn't spend a bunch of time analyzing it. I just thought, you know what, Facebook is a good community. Uh, I already have a, a sum of connections on Facebook, so I'll just start it on Facebook. <laughs> so. And, and I mean, that seems to have played out to your favor because still today it feels like LinkedIn is much more about the person and their profile than it is about kind of a brand and a, and a, and, a, and, a, and groups, the groups. Seem yeah. To, I, I'm a member of so many groups. I don't get any, there's just nothing going on. I don't, yeah. I don't know if I'm missing, I don't know if I'm missing out, but my suspicion is it's just kind of, it's not, it's not really a group uh, place where groups yeah. kind of really hang out and, and are very powerful in the way they communicate with one another or support one another. Or... So yeah, so that that it's amazing, isn't it, that people are having much more success on a Facebook group in a business context. Yeah, it is. It is really fascinating. Um, I I never would have thought. I mean, I have lots of founders that say that they're only on Facebook because of the group. That's the only reason they go on to wow. Facebook is to look at the group. Yeah. Wow. Um, That's crazy. So, yeah. I mean, so that tells me that, one, there's a huge demand for it. And second, I could probably put it on any platform that has a really good community aspect 
and it would be good because um, we've we're starting a new kind of high level group for SaaS yeah. growth hacks, and we're going to yeah. host that off of Facebook because we don't want all the distractions of Facebook, but we want st- we still want people to be able to engage in the community, but we want to be a, a community all around SaaS, not with any of the distractions. But for SaaS mm-hmm. growth hacks, mm-hmm. it's great. Can you tell us where you host that? Yeah, I'm thinking of hosting it on Tribe. Okay, never heard of it. Yep, uh, neither had I until like last week, actually. <laughs> but it's wow. really, really good, really, really good community builder. It was either that or Mighty Networks, and um, I really like Tribe because it has a lot of elements that I that I really want: hidden communities and, um, you know, really, really good engagement platform and stuff. So. Yeah. Can you show us? Can you show us that tribe? You mean the the actual website or the community? Oh, just whatever, anything. Well, just so that we can kind of get get a little sneak at it. Yeah, sure. Um, you're 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 getting a sneak peek into the uh into me signing up three days ago, and. Uh, <laughs> Not really yeah. having anything in there, but I'll, I'll, I'm happy to show you. So let's um, <laughs> tribe.so and uh, let's let's see. I actually haven't tell even. Me, tell me what, can I switch it in now? Um, yeah, hold on just one second. Let me. Okay. Uh, this is exciting. Getting a sneak preview inside. You're getting a sneak preview of something that <laughs> I haven't even built yet. Built out this yet. is like um, this is like the most dramatic thing that's happened <laughs> for four years for the global SaaS community. Yeah, how come you're bigger than like how come you're bigger than SaaS stock and SaaS and all those guys just because you're focused on it and they're focused on other you know stuff? that is a really good question and I know that they um I think you know I think everybody has a unique set of special skills and those are live events. And live events are, uh, are, it's a different beast than creating a virtual online community. It's not the same. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And when I, when I first started the community, I mean, I, I, I reached out to people individually and said, thank you for joining. I, you know, I would, yeah. um, I, I, re- I reached out and, and when somebody commented on a post, I would reach out personally and say, hey, thank you so much for your, your comment. You know, yeah. so it takes a lot of community management. It took a lot of time to do that. And even um, even now you've got like, you've got staff, right? That are helping you run the group. Yeah. And I have really good admins too. Really, really good admins. Yeah. And so, um, so that was really helpful too. All right. I got it. I got it open. Do you want to take a look? Okay. Uh, boom. So I think this is where the MacBook from 2015 struggles with. Here we go. Can you zoom in a bit? Yeah, hold on. Let me. Is it kind of small? Uh, it is for me. I mean, that looks all right. Let me see. I'm um, sorry. I need a. Just try not to share us your password. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like, it's like the Bitcoin thing where someone shows their, their, their Bitcoin and their wallet gets ripped off. 
Yeah, they do not. I do not want that to happen. All right, let's see. It's going really slow right now. Um, uh, here we go. So, uh, so we're going to have different groups like, you know, 10K to 30K, 30 to 100, 100 to a million, million to 5 million. So we'll have different yeah. groups that people can communicate with. Um, it's really cool because uh, you can find, if you go to like all topics, there's going to be all these different types of topics that you can follow. And anytime there's a post on that specific topic, you can go in and you can actually see all the questions, discussion, blogs around a specific topic. Um, we'll have things around growth. Uh, we'll have, you know, funding, dev, um, all this really great stuff. And then we're going to add a wiki too, to it. Wow. So somebody can go to the wiki and they can search for, you know, um, hiring and pull up all the content, you know, all the uh, discussions that around, con about, around, you know, hiring. Um, it's going to be really cool. We'll have hot seats too. We'll, we'll, we'll bring on live uh, founders and we'll go through their, their product. Um, it'll be really cool. It'll, it's going to be a really, really great community. I think it'll be even more valuable than SGH because we're going to, you know, we'll have a community manager managing it and, and you know, and uh, it's, it's going to be off Facebook um, chat, you know, so it'll be really cool. And, and where you've got my group, so you've got different, that's monthly recurring revenue um, groups. Is that right? Yeah. 15 to 20 K. So, uh, was it 10 to 12? Uh, so it's 30. Are you... well, let, me, let me zoom in a little bit. Oh, yeah. And my eyesight's not Is this better. Um, but... <laughs> there we go. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, 10 to 30K. Uh, so will you have people will be assigned to a level based on where they're at and, and they'll have their own real world or people can sort of join different groups so they want different insights? Yeah, different they can actually... It's a good question. And I considered, I can really considered forcing people to go into the group that they're at. But what I didn't want was people that are in the 10 to 30K range not get access to the knowledge of the people in the, you know, million to 5 million range. So they can interact, yeah. they can they can go to the group and they can look. But yeah. I mean, it's recommended for them not to make suggestions in that group, not really be involved unless they're right. in that stage. You know what I mean? So right. when we have people sign up, we're going to say, all right, like we'll have them sign a promise that says, um, you're, you, we want you to interact with people in your own community, but please, you know, don't, um, unless you have something really valuable, uh, you know, work within your own, your, your whatever stage that you're in in the community that you're in, because that's where you can get the most help, right? So, and, and this is a test, We'll, we'll we'll probably end up testing things out too, but yeah, um, but yeah, yeah. So a lot of these questions we're still trying to figure out um, what what to do as far as you know how many different groups we're going to have, how often the hot seats yeah. we're going to do like expert interviews stuff like that. Oh, and what I like about the idea of the the questions and answers is that um, it becomes like a giant FAQ. And, you know, because I've been participating for about a month, I don't, you know, when you join a group, 
don't know if I'm typical, but I don't I don't scroll back. I don't go back oh, yeah. for years and see what people are talking about because it's just Facebook's not Facebook's built for kind of like you're in the waterfall and stuff's coming at you. You know, you're not really going, you're not really going into yeah. the archives. So this allows is this one of the great strengths that it kind of builds this knowledge base that's much more accessible. Yeah. So if you like, I don't have a bunch on this right now, but if you search like hiring yeah. or whatever, um, uh, you could talk topic growth and it pulls up all of the, the, um, the topics with growth. Um, and I, I'm not sure, I think you can like organize them by how many comments uh, and right. you can, you know, organize them by question, discussion, post or blog, which is really great. Um, yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, like, and then what, what we'll probably end up doing is moving the best stuff into, we'll curate the best content into a wiki, like uh, doc 360 or something right. Right. where we can have, right. where we, people can just search for topics and get the best stuff, you know, so wow. they don't have to search through the community. Yeah. Wow. And be a little bit of upvoting as well. Where people go, this was awesome. This, this what do you mean? Reply, like, can you? Can oh, upvoting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Up absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, likes and comments. Um, one really cool thing that I like is you can ask anonymously, too. So, um, all right. Because if you have a question that you yeah, don't really want, that is awesome. Yeah, you could say, you know, we're at ten million AOR, and we just have this question. You know, people can we answer. Don't know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, and we can say, yeah, we don't know what we're doing, and people are like, well, sweet. You know, you don't have to hurt your ego. Yeah. You can you can ask pretty much yeah. any question you want. <laughs> without, without, so, having to, without having to make up some <laughs> fake ID. Yeah, like, exactly, exactly. Uh, so run, there's run, a lot of really run, cool. Run. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you know, here's the chat. It's pretty, it's pretty basic. You know, um, but you can chat with within this and custom notifications. You get notified on certain posts, and so it's really like it's very similar to Facebook, but more designed for like your own special community, which is kind of what I've been looking for. Do you, so, do you want to take us over into Facebook and just for a moment, just sure. uh, yeah, for those that aren't familiar with SaaS growth hacks, and um, yeah, feel free to put it in the comments, the link. I'm not sure if you did that. Um, Right, and so what, is, what have been the things managing a community for four years, it's up at 22,000, like what are the secrets to um, just having that longevity and having the value keep kind of circling around for existing people? And I mean, you can't, you can't have a hell of a, you can't have much churn if you're at 22,000. So, oh, I had I had uh, a lot of churn at the beginning. Right. Yeah. At the beginning, I had a lot of churn, but but now much less. In fact, we probably kick right. more people out than people that leave on their own. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, what are some of the secrets for you, for for running? Because you also help people uh, create communities, and you'll probably be helping them create them either in Facebook or in Tribe going forward, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it, it had a lot to do with, number one, it's super focused. I'm not building a yeah. community on internet marketing, right. okay? This is, this is a community specifically for SaaS 
founders. I tell people, if you're starting a group for your product, that's fine. Start it for your product, but don't create a product group and expect that to be a big source of lead gen for you. Create a group around a, a specific niche or something super specific where you can actually go out and f- easily find members. You know, um, like if I had started a group around internet marketing, how where do I even start with finding members to join an internet marketing group? You know, but if I did it around HR companies, you know, like HR hacks, uh, I can easily get a list of HR companies and bring them into the group. And what's what's one what's one of the most successful uh, SaaS company communities that you come across where it's a it's a SaaS business. They've started from scratch. They want to create a community, and they've they've taken a particular angle at it, where they they know exactly who they want in there, and it's serving a really great purpose that's complementing the business. Yeah, good question. Um, let's see. Pro, uh, if you look up programmatic advertising, add ops. This is one that's. Um, let's see. Yeah, this is actually a really good one. Programmatic advertising and ad ops professionals. So group by AdLib, which is the company name, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's specifically for folks that are doing programmatic advertising and ad ops. It's a smaller group, but mm-hmm. engagement's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Pretty dang good for, for 2000, um, you know, uh, and it's really specific around this topic, programmatic advertising and ad ops, not their product. It's brought to you by AdLib, which is the product name. And they've done a really good job. They've done a really right. good job building the community, um, especially when there's not a really good community for the people that are you're building a community for. Um, man, it's 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 one of the best offers that I have found is – Hey, I know you don't know me, but I built a group specifically for people like you, and it's free. Would you like to join it? Like, right, right. That's a pretty dang good offer. I so yeah. So that's so that's um, if you're doing any kind of um, engagement, if you well, like I could just relate it to this show. So. I engage you and said, "You want to come on my LinkedIn live show?" And you're like, "Sure." And I was like, I said to somebody, well, that's the power of having a show because there's something to come on to. Yeah. You know, like, if, yeah. you know what I mean? And yep. so you're saying the same thing. Like, here's, here's an invitation to join, to join something, to join a community, and it's in the field of your expertise. That's why I'm asking you, and you join, and it looks kind of cool. And it's like, oh, thank you. This is like the first stage of getting to know the person yeah. or the company behind the group. Wow. Yeah, exactly. So simple. You know, um, it 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 uh, it came very naturally to me because I have a I kind of what you want to do when you start a group is the first members of your group need to feel like they are giving the red carpet treatment. Like you need to yeah. build a just like a SaaS. Like you need to build a quality foundation of customers who are going to recommend you, right? And so when I first started, mm-hmm. I, I reached out to each one individually. I said, hey, man, thanks for your comment. 
um, when they joined, I said, hey, when they first joined, I sent them a message said, hey, this is Aaron. I'm founder of the group, SaaS Growth Hacks Group. I noticed you joined. I would love for you to talk about your SaaS in the group. Tell us who you are and right. talk about your SaaS, right? I don't do that now wow. because wow. it's got out of hand, but. I got, um, no I got no love. I got no love. I yeah. At 22,000 yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. You joined too late. Actually, I, I think I joined, I joined at 21,000, so it's at least, you know, I feel like I'm Yeah, a, <laughs> Yeah, I think when we got to like four, three or 4,000 is when it really started to pick up. Yeah. Um, and that's when I stopped yeah. doing that. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing is curation, man. Like we, I have a group of admins. Here's what's great. And they're all complimentary to the service I provide. I have a guy who is an, uh, who, who, buys and sells SaaS companies, Thomas with FE International. Um, right. I got uh, a guy who does um, Facebook ads for or a marketing agency for SaaS. And it's all in their best interest to keep this group as quality as possible. Wow. Right. They have a vested interest in keeping the group because they're all their customers. Right. So right. they're right. deleting posts all the time and they're, um, wow. they're kicking people out and left. And I have to, I have to, I have to let people back into the group because sometimes they, they kick people out that I want in the group. Yeah. So don't yeah. tell them oh, that. No, if, they're watching, kick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they're watching this, um, I'm ruining, kind of ruining their, their own work, but they're so good at what they do because they have a vested, vested interest in the community. And, and people just love, you know, having, having the ability. Um, it's just a human innate desire to have control and power. And not that these admins are power hungry monsters but like you know it feels really good to be able to say i'm a i'm a community admin for this group you know and i help keep it quality um and, and, and it's, you, uh, you don't i don't want you to tell me all the secrets but um i'm just curious so, so <clears throat> because you've got this um complementary uh curation and also kind of like knowledge uh yeah thought leadership uh, cabal around the group. Um, does that also keep the overheads down because you're not just, you know, you're not having to train, A, you're not having to train people up because they know what they're doing, B, they have a vested interest, so they kind of, you know, they, they, they want to be part of it and, and you have some commercial relationship with them. Um, does, that, does that kind of play into the yeah. efficiency of running some of these groups? Absolutely. Yeah, I have one assistant who I pay to kind of like, you know, let people into the group, um, to sync it with my active campaign, you know, to, to check all this stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah. so I have someone doing a lot of the manual work, but as far as like the admin and curation, um, yeah, my, my admin team is just, they just love it. They, they, they do it for free. They do it for free. Yeah. Amazing. And, and Amazing. Get, and it's so much value yeah. add for them. Like so much value add, yeah. yeah. Both ways. And are they and guess some of the what? guys that you do the live live streams with inside the group? Yeah, I was just gonna say, and guess what? Like when they yeah. say, Hey Aaron, can I do a live stream in the group? I'm like, Yeah, absolutely, yeah, man. Because <laughs> they because they've been on admins in my group for a year for a couple of years, right? I know they're good quality, I know they do good stuff. Because if you didn't, their name would spread like wildfire in the group, you know. Right. Um, can it? because oh, it can see then they're listed as well as an admin when they yeah. comment and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and same with so me. Like if I didn't, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. 
Uh, sorry, should, should we go back to SAS growth hacks? Because that's what we're talking about and maybe zoom in a bit. Um, have you got it right there? Yeah. Yeah. And so you were saying, oh, look at that guy. Look at, look at that. Look at that. <laughs> so um, what you showed us before and what you what you were talking about now is leads on to kind of perhaps the next thing is what do you think is the most uh, in getting customers, what do you in in most SaaS companies, because you've seen a lot, what do you think the biggest, and you've got the heartbeat, it's like, you're almost like inside Google search in a way for SaaS, aren't you? Because it's just like, what are all these questions people are asking? Um, So what are the, for getting customers, what do you think the biggest uh, pain point is? Because I know you have a, I know you have a kind of a, a three a three pronged offer in there around getting customers, but which where what is the biggest pain point do you think for people? So there's the pain they think they have, and then there's the pain that they actually have. And the pain mm. that they think they have is we need more users. We need to increase top mm. of funnel. Mm-hmm. That's the pain that they think they have. What their real problem is, is they don't have, they don't understand and know who their ideal customer is. I call it a dream customer because really mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we deserve to, everybody deserves to work with their dream customers. And right. what, what they think is, all right, we need to increase traffic. We need to get more traffic. Um, and then the question I ask is, all right, great. Who is your target? And we spend months working on just who their target is. Um, Mm -hmm. and most are not super clear on their target. They've just done a lot of ads and a lot of content. They have a lot of traffic and just by sheer volume, sheer volume, they've enabled, they're able to get users. Um, and, uh, and for some companies, their focus is entirely on the product, right? So I have, I had a few clients who were app builders, man, this is, that's a challenging market because, um, your, your customer is, is really anyone looking for an app builder initially. Oh, yeah. that's, that's, that's the customer. So once they rank for app builder and they all get, get all the traffic they can for app builder, now what? Now where do they go? Mm-hmm. You know, like how can, mm-hmm. you, how can you expand that market if you're getting most of the traffic for app builder? Um, and then so we dial, know, dial in. I, I know where they go. They they spam me on LinkedIn. And, Would you like an app built in Ukraine for only twenty dollars an hour? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's um, so I get my, most of my spam is from app builders and and far off lands. Isn't that isn't that interesting? Yeah, because they are desperate to find more customers and they don't know where to go. They just mm. all they're doing is they're focusing on app builders, right? So when we worked with an app builder, we we figured out all right. We, you know, one of the things we do initially, we have a product market fit challenge. We have, we, I have a challenge to go through to figure out who your product market fit is and identify your dream customer. And the first step is going through your customers and figuring out who's been around the longest and who's paid you the most, and then finding out why. Who are they? Mm-hmm. What problem are they trying to solve? And then um, we, go, we do that with enough customers and we find trends. And then we start niching down into specific verticals, um, or we look at horizontal problems um 
like uh, you know no shows, right? If if you have no shows to your hair salon appointment, um, you can solve that by getting an app and getting people to download the app because then you get push notifications, right? So that becomes you become you start solving a problem for a specific market instead of focusing on on your product. So that's that's the biggest challenge people have, I think, is uh, not understanding their product market fit. And as a consequence of that, it's not knowing their CAC. I, I think based on what I've, I've hundreds, thousands of SaaS founders, that is the most important metric that you should be tracking is your CAC. How much is it customer cost acquisition to acquire? Cost. Yeah. How much does it cost for you to acquire a customer? Because if you don't know those numbers, first of all, you'll never be able to sell. Second of all, you'll never be able to scale growth because you don't. if you don't know your CAC, um, it either means that you aren't calculating it or you just don't have never thought about calculating it and your growth is organic. And, um, and so that's, that's the first thing. And obviously there's conversion rates and retention and all that, but um, you can fix all that stuff once you can acquire customers at scale. So I think those are the two biggest things. Um yeah, and, and when you're coaching people about customer acquisition costs, um, what do people miss? What do people miss when they go, oh, I, I think I know, and it's this. And then you go, how do you work that out? And you go, oh, well, I, uh, I added up our ad spend. And, you know, like what, what, what's the most common kind of uh, misconception about customer? customer acquisition costs? I think, I think probably there's a few. Um, for those that are tracking their CAC, one of the biggest things is, is not including um, uh, costs for, for stuff like content and not, not, not aggregating everything together. They just look at the salesperson, right? Like our CAC is, right. we spend $50 on ads and we get a customer for, you know, um, hundred dollars and but they right. don't factor in the salesperson's time they don't factor in you know how much time does it cost to manage the ads not just it's not just ad spend right so it's getting really granular and how much of time and resources and money is being spent to acquire a customer um, instead of just looking at the ad spend ad spend doesn't tell you the whole story do some people go the other way and they put too much loaded into the cac like they like should you be you're separating out all of the operating costs of the business that shouldn't go into the like the tea and the coffee oh, spend and the yeah. rent spend and yeah you, you know like have, this, what's what's the what's the line where you're not going to put it yeah. against CAC yeah 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 so usually it's things that are um, usually there's static costs yeah. and those don't change no matter what and if it's a static cost um and it's not related specifically to growth, I usually don't include it. So like rent, right. internet, you know, whatever, you know, uh, parties for the for the team. Like you have to draw the line at some point. If it's not a specific growth related activity, I don't usually include it in CAC. Um, that just counts towards your expenses. Yeah, yeah. And then what do you measure in CAC against? So you're trying to, I think you had a guy on one of your, probably one of your admin, super admins talking about was it was it uh cac and out and lifetime value of the customer mm -hmm. and a kind of a ratio there do you, yeah. do you do you measure it out against that or how, um, what's the what's what's the secret sauce when someone's got their cac <laughs> right 
yeah, it's usually I usually it's about a three month payback time. So if you're if you uh, can acquire a customer for for less than three months value, um, then you're usually in good shape. It takes you three months to recoup that investment, right? If it's longer mm-hmm. than that, it becomes challenging to to grow because you're waiting so much time to, to recoup your investment. So um, so three months usually, and then from a CAC to LTV uh, perspective, um, I can't remember. You're gonna have to watch that interview because it's really, really good. Just look for- um, Yeah, it grows because you're waiting. Search, so um, search on search for it on, on the group. Uh, it it's really it's really good. I think you just search for um, clockwork. You'll find it. But right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, <clears throat> so you have any questions for me? Yeah. So um, so you are um, you deal a lot with enterprise level clients, mm-hmm. right? What is the biggest mistake that you see? Uh, when it comes to closing enterprise deals and getting enterprise deals? Uh, people, um, I'm just putting your SaaS growth hack into the, into the comment stream. Um, I think the, the biggest issue is that people don't understand who they're, what they're talking into. So they don't understand um, how the hierarchy of, of needs works in the organization that they're selling to. And they don't understand that the person that that's been asked to get the information from the end customer is kind of on a fishing trip and their mindset. You know, it's like today, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at your SaaS business across you know, 15 others and I have about 20 minutes and I have to put a report in with the top three. So I'm going to like boom, boom, boom across here and I look at the website and maybe I'll schedule a demo and then I'm going to go on that demo and I'm going to make some recommendations internally. Well, you made the mistake of A, taking the demo booking with that person and telling them everything about the product because it's the latest and greatest thing in your mind. And you think that if you can explain everything about the product, then they will want to buy the product. What you failed to understand is that you shouldn't ever demo to that person. And you failed to understand that, that, that you shouldn't ever show them everything. And that, um, and now that you've, uh, to use a, well, I just say it because this doesn't really mean anything. Like you pulled down your pants. Like there's nothing. You're just going completely naked and and say, well, this is the price. This is the product. Hey. And they just go, nah, I don't know, you know, versus, so what's, what's going on, John? What are you looking for? What's happening with your buying process? Who's asked you to make this selection? Why do they care? Ah, so your division is actually evaluating it because this other division has asked for it. Well, why don't we get your boss and that boss over there and get them all on a call because if they're the ones actually want it, 
They're the ones that are going to know what they're looking for. And if they can tell me what they're looking for, then I'll know what to show them. And then, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm just doing a quick report and I have to get this done and you're being difficult. I know I'm being difficult, John, but, you know, I'm not going to show you shit unless you get these people to the demo. But, 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 oh, no, we're not going to work with you. You know, you did it. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. You go, you go with something else that you think is better and you can put on your report that you never saw our product. What are you kidding me? Just, you know, I'm not being difficult. We just do a demo to the people that are actually making the decisions. It's just simple. Oh, no, 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 no. We can't work that way. Okay, goodbye. Comes back later. They actually want to see your product. Can we do two, two, two o'clock on Tuesday? Sure. And then we start the beginning of the meeting talking about what they want to see, what's important to them. And that takes most of the time in the demo. Is them to, and then they're like, come on, can we just see it? Can we see it? Can we see it? And how much is it? How much is it? And then we just get through the demo because what happens at that point? At that point, the buyer's minds are engaged. The pre Did you, can you still hear? Can you still hear me? I think we lost you on audio. You're just getting the good stuff. Can't hear, still can't hear you. No. You're just getting the good stuff, man. We apologize for the technical difficulty. <laughs> we are working hard to get Simon back on the call. Can you hear me, Simon? Uh, I think so. Good. Okay. Yeah, you're back. Which bit did you? Which bit did I lose you at? You lost us at their minds are engaged in the buying yeah. process. Their minds are actually engaged in the buying process. Was before their mind was nowhere near the buying mind was nowhere near the they were nowhere near engaged. They weren't even close to it. They just they just sent someone on an errand. So now they're engaged, and now once you understand what they're really wanting, then it's a theater show. It's like, well, here's how we do this that you want, here's how we do that that you want, and here's how we do this that you want. Is there anything else you need? No, that's great. Okay, well, I won't show you the other 750 features that are in the product because we've fixed your problem. And and this is the price. And send it over to you and you'll let me know. You know, and it's just that kind of approach. Mm. That's really interesting. So is that um is that a, a similar strategy to how you um what about when you're doing outbound then? Oh, I hate outbound. I hate okay. outbound. <laughs> 
There's a guy in Poland that I had on last week that sounds like he's he's cracked outbound. Um, he, he hires people like, you know, Uber drivers have multitasking um, drivers where he has multitasking after hours uh, sales development reps that do outbound calls oh. for SaaS companies on a platform and you can pay per booked demo. I just, I would Got rather it. market all day long and have them call than be trying to call around and engage. I, I just yeah. can't, I can't get with the outbound um, winning formula of what you say when you pick up the phone. And yeah, so, I think it's just so, uh, probably the hardest thing, I think, in the yeah. whole process. I'd much rather focus on how do we get these people to call? How we, I mean, what you said about the Facebook group, I would rather call and say, hi, would you like to be part of a Facebook group for your, for your professionals? It's new. Um, we do, you know, weekly sessions. It's really great. There's a thousand people in it. Um, it's just a personal invitation. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. And then you send them an email and it says something about your company as a byline to here's the Facebook group link. I, I think that that would be a mm -hmm. that would be a great start, you know. I wouldn't yeah. mind kind of engaging on that front. Um yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what do you? Uh, um, what suggestions do you have for um, for follow up after after the demo after the lead? Oh, uh, so I should probably ask you about the, the outbound because that's something you do, right? Um, Yeah, the follow-up's really key. Like, there's there's one adage that um, turned around this uh, business that we're in, um, selling board portals to customers, and it was um, fix the business, fix the follow-up. And meaning that you've got all of this business coming in. I think that's why the outbound thing became kind of, for me, more about the you got you got people coming into your world and you you've engaged with them somehow and we always the mind tends to go to oh well i didn't you know they 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 fobbed me off and they said they let me know in a couple of months and or they they said they're not sure and then our mind is, as salespeople goes to who next who's next yep. versus we've got a we've got a really make sure this is a watertight uh, situation and we're and we're going through systematically so one of the one of the best things is um, a weekly report that just says uh, this is what I closed this week this these are the customers this is what I'm close next week um, here's here, uh, um, th these are the big big deals I'm working on. Because I think what that does, it gets you out of the CRM and into kind of like a Google Sheet environment and you have to go Ch -ch 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 -ch, and actually think about what you're going to commit to. What I find in the CRM world is that it's so easy to just go, oh, I'll push that out three months, I'll push that one out, that one out, that one out. And the person who's actually doing the selling you sort of fudge, you're fudging stuff in a in a murky world, where where the only way it's going to get detected what you've decided you're going to commit to is by someone running some report and doing some forensic analysis and going, hey Simon, that deal, 
You, that deal that was going to close last week, you, you just pushed that out through three months. What's what's with that? You know, and, and you sort of, so we, we did this sort of surface reporting where you actually put it into a, into a spreadsheet and you send it off on a Friday night as a declaration. And it's always on your mind through the week, like, what am I committing to next week? Like, what of this am I actually going to sign? And how did I do in my performance? So I think those sorts of simple weekly tools um, help the follow-up because you, 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 for a start, you're looking at, oh, my God, I, th- I said I was going to sign this this week. You know, it's a, it's a public commitment into your internal organization. So, you, so you're driven to focus on that stuff, but you're really, it's probably, I think, the number one tool for just having your mind on all of those customers that you've engaged with and, and how you're going to move them all forward. Yeah, that's awesome. Is there a tool that you recommend for that, or is it just? I've got a I've got a uh, Google Sheet that I give out really? to my to my customers. Yeah, Google cool. Sheet template. Yeah, um, because it's just the easiest, I think, and especially really? in the CRM, the CRM world. It's um, I can share it with you, um, but I think. You know, in the example of where you've done a great demo and you've given out pricing, um, I wait. I wait and 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 I wait. And then when it feels like there's um, – the benefit of that is that there's a sort of a respect going on, particularly when it's an enterprise customer that you understand that things at their end are going to take time. And you understand that there is zero point kind of like, hey, how's it going with that uh, email I sent you with our pricing after that great demo? There's just there, there's, People don't want that. They want to take all that information and, and put it through the internal mill of getting it approved and all of that. So... Um, I, wa- I wait long periods of time, but then there's a certain point where you know that maybe nothing's happening now. And so then I will reach out and get in touch. And usually <clears throat> usually it's just a, a soft email, just, hey, how, how's that going, to just kind of, you know, stimulate uh, some, some response. Um, and then there are the people that have. What will happen sometimes is that there'll be people on the, like in the in the kind of either the maybe bucket or the no bucket for a particular reason, and I'll just kind of comb through that and go, ah, oh, I've got a new angle with that. No, I saw this article because they're worried about security or something. Like, boom, here's something about cloud and security. Thought you might be interested. Related to the conversation we had when you weren't sure whether you get approval for this with your IT team, you know, like, and remember, we can do a security call anytime. And those are very effective because you've gone back in on a particular angle to try and solve one of their internal hurdles. Um, and they're, they're grateful because a lot of people want, 
This is the other thing. You can convince people to buy and then they just get blocked by their own organization. <laughs> so you're trying to help them through that. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Love it. Uh, tell me about your outbound because this is. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm with you, man. Outbound sucks. Yeah. It's, it's the yeah. worst if you do it the wrong way. I figured out a way to do it. It's really fun. I figured out a totally different way to do it. It's like super fun and way worth your time. Um, it's an idea I got from Chet Holmes in the book called The Ultimate Sales Machine. Right. Um, and uh, combined with uh, a little bit about Russell, how Russell Brunson does it, and then a mentor of mine, Dana Derricks. Essentially, the, the strategy is you go out and you do outbound with your top 100 dream partners. And you build a partnership relationship with them that gets your product in front of their audience. Wow. So, um, and that the fun part is includes it's, you know, um, includes direct mail and video and like you are really, really targeted on the people that you want to go after. And when you do get one of the relationships to work out, you automatically get hundreds or thousands of eyeballs on your product um, from someone who they trust. You know what I mean? So it's leveraging their audience. It's being intentional on who you go after. It's really understanding who your dream customer is so that you can say with, you know, I can actually help. I can really 100% help your customers. Yes. I'm not sending this out to everyone. I'm not sending this out to 5,000, 10,000 LinkedIn people. Like we've picked you because we know we can help. Let's hop on the phone and chat we'll give you the product for free just to make sure that it's a good fit. Right. You know, that's kind of the, the angle and we keep reaching out until we get a yes or a no from them. And, uh, and it's a lot of fun because, um, because, yeah. because it's a totally different way of thinking about it. Right. We're more confident in who we approach. Uh, the messaging is, is fun. Um, we have a whole cadence that we send out for like two weeks and, um, and it's, it's, you know, we, written by like a professional copywriter who did this for a living. So it's really, it's my favorite way of doing outbound. I'm not a huge fan of cold calling people yeah. Yeah. Uh, because you, because you know, you end up saying, Hey, if you got this problem, great. If you don't, that's okay too. I'm just seeing if you have this problem and it's a waste of time really. Yeah. Um, especially if you want to scale fast. So instead go after lists of people who have your ideal customers who you can build a partnership with. Yeah. Do you, um, that, did you say top 100 partners? Yeah, or more. So you encourage you encourage SaaS businesses to get 100 partners? No, you 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 make a list of 100 partners. There's only a, a few that are going to say yes. But you might approach a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And when I say partners, I don't mean. Uh, like integrations with each single one, which is actually not a bad idea to integrate with as many of your partners as possible, but people that can recommend your product to their audience. I would, I would 100%, if I was a SaaS, I would much rather have a hundred of, of people promoting my product to their audience than get a hundred new customers. Right. So people are too, so people are not focused on that, um, Yeah. So what, what is, it? it's a marketing partner in a way. Yeah. 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 And, and you're going after complimentary services yeah. 
where your product makes their customers have more success with their product. So there's an incentive for them to do it. A good example is like, uh, you know, if if I'm a, uh, an invoicing tool, right. For, um, for SaaS companies, you know, I, you know, or, or for coaches and consultants, um, you know, what is a tool that, that I could promote to my audience that will have my customers have more success with my invoicing tool. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's a sales training, right? Or a sales, like a CRM SAS. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. I have no problem if I'm an accounting software recommending, hey, if you need to get more sales, if you want to send out more invoices, here's a tool that we partner with that you can use. Um, they integrate with us, blah, blah, blah. So that's one example. And you can have, you can integrate with, you know, you have dozens of partners uh, that recommend your tool in different complementary service niches. Wow. Wow. That's so powerful, isn't it? Because as you said, suddenly it's it's about uh, what, are, what are we going to send out, you know, together, my, the, the partner that I'm getting engaged with and, 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 and it's their mailing list and, you know, now they're sending it though, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they're sending it, but you can also, you can say, Hey, let's do an AMA for your invoice customers. I'll talk about how to get more sales. Let me do a blog article for you so we can, right. you right. know, um, can I be an admin in your Facebook group? Huh? Right. You know, um, and I, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of your Facebook group so that, you know, you don't, you just understand who your, your partner is and give them what they need as far as value. And you build that relationship. And eventually, um, if you have everything set up correctly, if you make it easy for them, you can say, hey, would you like to promote this? It's a free this or a free that. Or I'll give you guys a, a 30 day free mm-hmm. trial. And I usually only give 14 days. Treat them, I'll treat your customers like gold. Um, plus, I'll give you a commission of everything that comes through. In addition to helping your customers have more, get more value from your service, we'll give you some commission. So when you put all that together, it's if you just do one of the pieces, it doesn't work. You have to combine all the pieces together to make it really right. work. Right, right. Yeah. And and what are some of the results that you've seen come out of that? Oh, man. We have SaaS, we have companies that have built their entire product just on partnerships. Right. They don't. I mean, we have, oh man, it's amazing. We have uh, clients that, you know, will get, uh, they're, they're doing one-to-one sales, like a, like a landing page builder, right? They're doing one-to-one-to-one. And finally, they sign an agency that signs up, that wants, to work, wants them to use that, their product with all their customers. And like, boom, they add 100 accounts. Like in the time that it took them to add 50 one-on-one accounts, now they've added 100 accounts right off the bat. Another, we have another client, um, and he sells uh, food safety management software. Food right. safety management for restaurants, like yeah. thermometers that go on the inside of your freezers to know, like right. how how the temperatures. And there's consultants who help restaurants build a successful wow. restaurant. And like, and he's going these consultants. He's going after these consultants and saying, "Hey, we have a tool that really helped your customers have more success." And they're like brilliant this is awesome we don't solve this problem we 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 want to partner with you so um it's exciting it's really exciting and and you'd i mean you talk to some SaaS companies and they don't even know they're doing it all they know is they they keep signing up people that want to promote their product and they're just like huh this is interesting like this is a cool you know angle to take but they don't pursue it 
because it almost feels like cheating. You almost right. feel like you almost feel like you're cheating. That you should have to go after clients one by one and grind that grindstone, and you know, like yeah. get clients one on one when there's yeah. an easier way to do it. But it feels like it's cheating. It feels like it's cheating. Well, it's also an art, isn't there? Because you're going well. You, the more the more lateral that you can kind of think and who those potential partners are, that's kind of just to get them on paper and look at them and go, yeah, that could really work. Like, yep. what if they were? I, I really like that approach because I I'm a big fan of people um, tapping into what could really be good for a partner that they don't quite know it yet and you know you come up with the proposal and and they're like ah we could look kind of up with the play and you know you could pick some really antiquated traditional kind of businesses mm -hmm. you might really 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 want your uh they might want to look to be associated with your product yeah but, but what it represents right the new technology the new innovation a better way to do things absolutely and it yeah. makes them look better because like you said they're integrating or they're partnering with someone with advanced technology and if their customers ever end up using the software they get more success or their tool or service or whatever it is they have more success with their product it makes them look better too i mean it's a win-win for every party, and it's such such an incredible strategy. Once you have all the pieces put together, that outbound now becomes this game where you start to think, how many partners can I get in different industries that I can help them provide more value to their customers? Which comes down to the product market fit, the ideal customer, because once yeah. you nail once you nail that. You can't you can't go into this without knowing your ideal customer, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you can find accountants that do that work specifically with coaches or HR agencies. But yeah. if you don't know you're going after HR agencies or HR departments or whatever, you're going to be struggling. But once you figure that out, the possibilities are not limitless, but man, they're pretty dang close. Yeah. I'm doing I'm doing a, a session with three hospitality technology SaaS businesses, um, uh, an actual live thing uh, tomorrow morning, and um, one of the big things one of the big themes is just that uh, in an in an industry where you know they don't just grab technology the way some industries do the hospitality industry. Um, it's about kind of making it making them aware of the table stakes that are the like the technology is just the table stakes you've just got to be on the latest stuff and sas is sas is good on so many different levels and it's it's like a health check in your business because you don't you don't know what's around the corner that if you if you didn't have the SaaS in place, you'd be able to take advantage of that. Like you've just got to, you just got to get into the swing of plugging it all in, and and having a SaaS estate. And then one of the big things is like, how many how many people are in these businesses, and are they? And, and so I'm talking to these guys, and they're like, oh, you know, 10, 20 staff, not not, not massive uh, um, establishments. I said, well, why don't we? Um, like, can they use can staff use their phones 
to access your product. And they're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They can all use their phones. I like just the thought of, of these, you know, 10 to 20 supercomputers for free in your establishment. And, and, and you're thinking the SaaS is expensive? Like, <laughs> it's too much work. Like, all of this, all the people are just bringing all these, all this computing power to work every day. And they're not even plugging it into the whole brain, you know? Yeah. No, they'll, they'll save money and have a crappy old laptop, crank it up, crank it up, like my one, yeah. um, crashes, and, and everybody's got a crowd around one laptop, you know, to do their work. Yeah. Yeah. You picked a good category, didn't you, when you dove, dove into SaaS? I did. Yeah, it's one of the it's an it's an emerging market. It's look like the wild wild west out there. It's such an attractive business model. So many intelligent people coming yeah. in and creating great products, solving really good problems. Yeah. Um and it's just it's it's so cool. It's such a great such a great industry to be in right now. Um in, on both sides, either creating a SaaS, working with SaaS companies, helping them grow. There's just so much opportunity and there's, I'm not even scratching the surface for like being able to help yeah. all these companies. Like there's just so much need out there for good people to come in and help them grow. Um, yeah. Do you yeah. feel like, um, I also feel like as, as the, the, the companies that are massive today, they, um, I've seen it. I've seen it happen with companies that I've been involved with, and I see it out there in the wider world. That um, as they as they grow and they get bigger, they start developing more blind spots that they didn't have when they were kind of younger and more nimble. So it's kind of like these. Uh, yeah, you can. I can. I can imagine. We haven't. We haven't really seen massive SaaS companies kind of falling over. They just seem to just get more and more revenue, bigger and bigger and bigger, and bigger you know, like the, the giant trees in the forest. Yeah. And, uh, but I can see that, I can see that there, there could come a time. I, I can certainly see that there's a way to take their lunch. And um, I think that's quite exciting too. It's not that, it, because there's a certain, there's a certain approach where you go, oh, well, that's a massive market that's already been taken. And I think markets, I think that the areas that people go after is is fascinating to me. I just like some of the comments in the group. I, I've just started a CRM and I'm just thinking, why? Why would you start a CRM? Like, <laughs> like why is that a good idea? Just yeah. I've just started a CRM in 2020. That's the most confused, crowded. It's such a difficult space to sell into um, company decision making around CRM. So weird, you know. I've got to buy Salesforce, or I've got to buy HubSpot because of blah 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 blah. You know, and it's just why would you go into that field when? There's like a million other things that haven't been tapped. I agree. I've um, I know a lot of founders that just 
go in, they see a big market and they say, I can build a better mousetrap and they build a better mousetrap and then they, they figure out, okay, now how do I sell it? And that is the, I, I mean, so that strategy can work, right? It can work, especially if there's a really upset part of your, of the market that's desperate for another solution because of their, you're feeling a uh, uh, um, uh, hole, right? Um, but man, I would much rather, I would absolutely do a CRM. I would absolutely do a CRM. The only caveat is that, um, first of all, I would have to validate a market in which a CRM for that specific market doesn't exist and a where there's a huge market. demand yeah. for it. Yeah, I can like, see that. Like um, a CRM for roofing companies, right. specifically designed for roofing companies. Now, I'm not saying that's the right market, but... Right. Um, you, think, you think that could work? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because there's no CRM for roofing companies. And you can go build a list of roofing companies. And you can say, hey, here's the problems we solve for you. And people are really desperate because of the amount of solutions out there. People are so desperate for a custom solution for them. That's what they want more is a personalized solution. That's what we're getting to. Is And that's why AI is such a, a big thing is because the promise of AI is that we can build, you know, you sign up and our AI will build something custom for you based on what you need and your, um, your requirements, right? That's what, that's what AI is. It's solving that customizability issue. Um, but you don't need to have AI. You can just go, there's, but, and, and I agree with you. There's so many problems. The problem, the biggest issue is finding problems. That's where people really, really lack is going out and identifying and finding big problems that need to be solved. Do you, do anything, is, do you do anything in that arena? Because it strikes me that, like, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm of the same opinion. Like, um, yeah, it strikes, it strikes me that there's a good service in helping people find a niche. Yeah. <laughs> develop a product market fit, right? Do you ever yeah. do anything? Yeah. Do you ever do anything in that realm? Absolutely. We do it all the time for companies that already have a product. Yeah. But do you do, do you think there's a benefit in like? Um, I think there's a benefit. Uh, the problem is that usually at that stage, um, there's little or no revenue for those companies. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, That's the amount of effort that I would put in, or someone else yeah. put into helping them identify product market fit or find a problem. There's actually a really, really good uh, man. Um, I can't remember the the name. I think it's called like the the Academy or something. Dane is the guy's name, and his whole program was come to us in 90 days. We'll help you find a problem. We'll help you find a developer. We'll help you build a SaaS product, and then help you sell it. That was his USP. Yeah. It was cool. And it yeah. was like, you know, 30, 50 grand to do that. Um, but, but yeah, like there's, there's a, there is a need for that. If, if someone has the funds or funding, um, yeah. absolutely. And that's the way it should, it should work. That's the way you should do it. You know, find a problem first and then go build a product. Don't build a product and then go find your, your market for it. That's the hard way to do it and the expensive and dangerous way. Yeah, and I think the best the best companies, the best young companies, are the ones that 
have a unique um, perspective where they can see a problem that other people can't see. And that's what I, if you go to these investment events, there always someone, what if uh, Google wants to eat your lunch? You know, it's like, but if you've got the right thing, it's like, why would they? And and it's not even on their radar. And yeah. you know, it's just like this pool is perfect for us to go after. It's not perfect for the big guys to go after. Like there's not even, it's a rounding error in their yeah. business. And, yeah, um, exactly. But, 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 I, but I like it when I see something that someone, that someone's seen in the market and it's just like immediately you're going, that's a winner. If you can, you know, because if you don't have, we talk about the original intent in our, um, in my training, right? So if you don't have, you actually have to come back to that original intent for the business, which is product market fit. We're going to do this and solve this problem. If that, if that intent hasn't got the legs, nothing's going to, no amount of capital or, uh, rock star developers is going to turn that into something great, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just can't. You just you go back to that intent. And go well. Maybe we need a new intent. Maybe we need yeah. a whole new thing. And that's another breaking point for people is that they don't have the courage. They either they either run out of capital <laughs> and vision at the same time. It's like uh, uh, uh. but actually the intent was was great. Uh, or they're they just got and the, the the intent needs a refresh. The intent they need to go back and question the original founding principle on why we started this thing. Is it still actually valid? Is it still got legs? Is there still a, a, a kind of an economic gap where people were going to somehow reward us for all this effort that we're going to pour our lives into? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right. Well, look, it's been great talking, Aaron. Um, thank you so much for coming on. I've been a blast. Really- yeah. And um, we will look forward to seeing more in SaaS growth hacks and um, and continuing the conversation. Yeah. If you, if you join, make sure to say hi. Yeah, you won't get the uh, elaborate. <laughs> Aaron. <laughs> yeah but you might get a like from me which a like that good. yeah yeah good good so has anyone got your account uh controls that they can reply on your behalf uh yeah a- my assistant does but yeah. she doesn't really do that that often right. I, I interact right. mostly. so if you do get a comment from somebody it's usually me if, cool. it, if it's from me it's usually me <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot for enlightening us. I My think pleasure. A lot of fun. Thanks, Simon. Okay. Thanks, right. guys. See you later. Thank you. See ya. That's it for another episode. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for the next SAS on the Street, where we discover the interplay between technology and climate change, the solutions and the impacts.